They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. So, dude, Banners, this episode's been about four years in coming in that um, I'm sure I invited Sam on every single time I saw him. I then just never got around to actually being polite enough to, to do the emails and get it all organised. We've met up about 10 times since then. Then we've come like, mate, why haven't you been in the podcast? It's like, well, when you finally email. So um, if you don't know Sam from the stories of our marathon sabs where uh, we shared a tent or the stories of Medoc where we, uh, we shared some wine or the stories of beer lovers where we shared for beers, you might know from Ultra X. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's a pleasure to finally be here. How long's um how long's Ultra X been going for now? Um so as as Ultra X, it's been going for two two and a bit years. Um well actually two and a half years. The last the last like eight months seem to have dragged out quite a long time. But uh yeah, we Essentially, we organized, Jamie and myself, who are the two co-founders, organized an event in Jordan. It was called the Wadi Rum Ultra, and that, that's been going since 2015. But it was originally just a passion project, literally just a, an event we did each year, took a week's holiday from, from our kind of day jobs uh, and organized this kind of multi-stage race in, in the desert. Uh, after a few years, it kind of got bigger every year. And we, you know, we both like, absolutely just love the space, love the people we meet. And saw a bit of an opportunity, so essentially changed what was uh, the Wadi Rum Ultra into Ultra X Jordan and launched Mexico and Sri Lanka, quit the day jobs uh, and went full time. And that must have been, well, it was November 2018. Um, and yeah, 20, 2019 was a crazy year, super fun, lots of events. <laughs> and 2020, you know what happened. And now we're kind of gearing <laughs> up for, for kind of the next few years. Uh, and to be honest, pretty excited for it. What did you What did you see in what you did with the Wadi Rum Ultra that that gave you the impression that the future is going to be in these kind of organised going to you know going going across different countries, organising sort of multi day, multi stage races. Um, and that's going to be something because you know a few years ago like probably back in like 2015 we were we were starting to have discussions with you know people in OCR and stuff like that about you know how they were shifting away from OCR how they were shifting towards more you know these kind of events and stuff but you went straight into doing that what what yeah. was it that, that that led you to think this is the future I, th I think there was a few things there it was, it was kind of part, partly with my own personal experience I, I was fortunate enough to kind of stumble into ultra running when I was pretty young uh, which is actually where I met David um, at the MDS. And I remember it was supposed to be, and, and this is quite cliche because I know so many people have, have quite a similar story, but essentially it was supposed to be, you know, tick it off the list, complete this bucket list challenge and move on. And I, and I wasn't a runner before. I'd never done anything like that. And I, I got to the end and I remember doing like a marathon in training and kind of just being like, mm, okay, that was, that was a bit average. Like I'm, I'm not super excited by that, but I got to the end of the MDS and was like, I've met some incredible people I've, I've actually had a really incredible week and actually i think there's so much 
so much more I could do around here. But I also, you know, all my men friends thought I was mental and just didn't get it. And and so many of them just wouldn't have, you know, just thought it was for for a different type of person. And I was like, I would love to give more people or or show more people they can do this challenge and, and show them what it kind of what it means, what you can get out of it, and and that kind of piece. Um, so I, I basically just really wanted to get more people, I guess, younger people, more uh, women, uh, different groups of people who weren't traditionally involved in ultra marathons into it. And and then I kind of got involved in this race and. <laughs> Because we were both, Jamie and I, are kind of in our 20s, and I guess the people we were attracting was, you know, not your stereotypical white middle-aged man. Um, who hates his life and is trying who, to escape his who family. Hates, yeah. Who hates his life. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we basically um, had, had a number of people who we kind of persuaded, mainly just through kind of brute force, being like, no, you will, you will come out and you will do this, you can do it. And people who, you know, wouldn't have typically taken on this kind of thing and they all got to the end and they were like wow like that was really incredible and we had lots of very lucky in that we had lots of kind of friends and family and and people who came out as crew as like volunteers because they were like I you know I, I don't I don't I, this isn't for me but I want to see I want to see what it what it takes I want to experience it and they would come out and see the people who do it and then they'd sign down the next year and, and the kind of more I, you know, got involved in the industry, the more I was like, I'd love to get this message across because I think a lot of the industry in the past has been very focused on, you know, macho, hardcore. You've got to be super tough. You've got to be super elite. You've got to be this to do these kind of events. Um, and our message has always been, actually, that's not true. They're, they're super hard. I'm not going to deny that. You've got to train, but actually, this is something which anyone can achieve. And actually, you're going to have an incredible experience no matter what your kind of level. Um, and so Ultrax was kind of formed around the accessibility piece, but also with a big like education piece at its heart. Um, yeah. I've seen after the MDS was the Wadi Rum, it must have been, it must have been like half a year after. Is that right? Well, yeah. So. MDS was 2016, so I wasn't involved with it then. So basically, ah, oh, I was going to say, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a funny story. So basically, the event started because <laughs> Jamie met a guy in a pub, as all good things do, um, when he was, yeah, like like 2012 or something. And the guy in the pub had um, run across the. Well, no, he'd done it as a fundraising challenge with, um, and he'd essentially use a team of. Um, uh, Bedouins in, in the Jordanian desert to do the logistics behind his trip. Jamie was like, that's cool. I'd, I'd love to do it as an event. Um, and you've got the, like, you know, someone who's got the logistics. Anyway, put them in touch. 2015, they organized an event. It was, there was five people and Jamie was kind of organizing as a trip. Uh, in 2016, uh, I did the MDS. No, I got my dates right. So 2016, it would have set up. 2017 was the year after the MDS and, uh, Ollie Walker, who you'll remember, who was in our tent also, <laughs> who's a good mate, um, was watching MDS the year later. I think it was the year Tom Evans was like um, blowing everyone away. And he kind of got, he was like, shit, I need another challenge. And got in touch with me and he was like, there's this event called the Wadi Ramatra. My, my mate Jamie runs uh, or has it and it's, and it's really good value. <laughs> Do you fancy it? 
Um, so I was like, yeah. Um, ended up going out to that and basically ended up getting to the end of the week, um, <laughs> having a few beers on Friday night with everyone, getting, you know, sitting down on Saturday morning with Jamie, essentially. And at this point, I was actually looking to create a, a different, a completely different business of my own. Um, and essentially was like, you've got quite a good gig. Um, what was what was this other business? <laughs> I want to see how much of a jump it is. Uh, oh, it's a big jump. I I, um, <laughs> I don't know how many people actually even know about this other business. It was literally in product testing stages, but it was <laughs> it was going to be uh, a turmeric based food company. Oh, oh I, I remember actually. You mentioned that, yeah. I think I think you. I probably spoke to you because I probably. I think I actually. In fact, I was so far advanced that I spoke to the same manufacturer who makes caffeine bullets up in, up in York <laughs> <laughs> um, about, about creating these uh, these products, which is uh, yeah, a blast from the past. But yeah, um, I didn't go down that route, and thank God. Has has anyone else filled in and like become millionaires with exactly the same thing that you're like shit? Turmeric X. See, <laughs> see, you joke, you joke. But I remember, I remember doing my market research at the time, and there was a few like kind of quite small brands. Um, one of which was called the Turmeric Company, and uh, it was set up by um, I can't remember his name now. Hal Halson and Carnu, who's a he's a he's a Premier League footballer. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, and he now it's actually now doing quite well. And I was I was organising a, a challenge, um, a basically a charity challenge through Ultra X like three weeks ago, and it was sponsored by the Turmeric Co. And they'd obviously paid <laughs> a big wad of cash to be on these guys. And I was like, wow, that could have, that could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, damn it. <laughs> and that that first one then, because. You mentioned for Jamie it was five people, and then you kind of came on board. Like what? When you're, because we've we've all done the MDS where you turn up and there's hundreds of tents, and it's uh, practically a military operation with three volunteers almost to every. Was it 900 volunteers for 1,500 runners one year? So it's something insane the the numbers. Um, like what? How how do you organise your races? Like how did you organise those first ones, and how do you ne negotiate with a Berber? And and you know what are the expectations there, and, and what are the things that happen that we wouldn't even think to consider? Um, well, there's a few things there. Um, I think you know <laughs> it get we get smoother every year. Uh, it's not uh, you know it's not actually I mean <laughs> but the people we work with in Jordan are you know, they're kind of experts at what they do, they're tour operators, they're very good at the logistics. Um, some things like creating a race <laughs> are not are not necessarily what they're used to. They can set up a campsite. <laughs> they can set up a campsite pretty damn well and they can they can move kit around. What they can't necessarily do is get up at two in the morning and lay a and lay a route exactly seventy kilometers when you need it to be seventy kilometers. So quite often <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's crazy how <laughs> how much grief you can get as a race director. But you know, five four, you know four out of the five days will be one k short, and you won't get a single thing. One day, which is like five hundred meters over or two k over or whatever, and <laughs> I will get destroyed. So that that's uh, that's 
you know, distance of route marking is, is, has been challenging um, sometimes. Really? Really? People have been complaining about that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I try and tell them it's bonus three miles, but um, <laughs> not always taken <laughs> that well. Um, yeah, we've, we've had occasions where, um, you know, they stop for, stop for tea and the front runners actually get quite close to, you know, the front marker. Um, but actually, isn't isn't really <laughs> isn't, isn't also, really... actually outrun the course layers, the uh, the trail markers. Well, yeah, it, it's fortunate because the guy who always wins Jordan is is a local lad called um, called Salome Al Acra, who's actually won the MDS before. He's like pretty pretty. He's incredible, um, and he's yeah. never he's never lost a stage uh, in Jordan, but. He also um, he also knows the course pretty well, so actually he could probably do it without markers. So actually, if, even if he did get to the front runners, he'd be passing them, and he and he'd probably just carry on. Um, but yeah, to be, to be honest, we haven't. Um, Jordan's definitely um, you know one of our kind of smoothest operations, just because we you know we've run it for several years now, and they very much know what we need. We have a pretty good team actually with all these things. I think. You know, we we have partners who do the, the kind of operation stuff, but actually, you know, whatever, everything which is like super important on other levels, we manage um, as, as much as we can. You know, we bring out a whole medical team from the UK. We bring out like a safety officer and a safety team. Um, and yeah, we kind of have our own crew as well on top of that. Um, so, yeah, we, we haven't really ever had any issues in terms of in terms of other ops. So if, and is, you, is there if, a... you, if you've done the MDS and then almost like Wadi Rum, so was Wadi Rum your like first stage race after the MDS that, that, that you did? Or did you do any more in between that? Um, no, I, yeah, I didn't do any more. I kind of, MDS was my, my first like, I guess, um, race really, apart from, I, I, did, I did one or two in training, um, but I think when I did the MBS, I was like, I think actually during the week, I learned, learned things about um, running that I probably should have known before. I think, I mean, I, I had a fairly kind of elite tent um, just by complete chance in that I had obviously David, I had a guy called Ali who came, I think, second Brit. Um, but I think, I think, you know, five out of the six of us or whatever, you know, did pretty well. And I kept on, they kept on being these conversations and I was like, oh, or may, maybe I should have, you know, that that thing like tempo training or you know intervals and these terms were like kind of, kind of new to me. Um, so I remember. Um, so I think I think on the back of the MBS I ended up doing a few kind of other races. But yeah, uh, Wadi Run was the next stage event I did, um, and then the one after that I was organising it. So so the, the reason I asked that question is that so your experience of stage races was really gained through. Um, going to MDS and then pretty much influencing how you how you set up a race. So what was it about what was it about MDS that you thought I want to take this and use it in my races? And what about the MDS did you think I definitely don't want to do that? Or you know there, mm. there are aspects of here that I don't I don't want to have going forward into our races. Yeah. Okay. Good question. So the uh, MDS is a the format is brilliant. You know. Um, the you just the, just the whole being taken to this um, you know completely alien landscape, being completely you know apart from your one email every day, being unable to contact anyone on the outside, and the sole focus being on you know getting from A to B and you know achieving this amazing goal. 
um, I thought, you know, was, was incredible um, and, and I think very important. The downsides of the MDS were that it was super expensive, so, so, so much so that it excludes, a, you know, a, a lot of people. Um, I think things like, um, I mean, I, I, I was very fortunate. I had, this, I had a great 10 and we got on super amazingly well. Um, but actually, I felt like at the end of it, I probably knew those seven people incredibly well. I didn't really meet that many other people because yeah, you have yeah. that shared experience. Um, mm -hmm. And one thing I kind of really took away with, and, and you can't, you, it's difficult to do with 1,500 people, but I think they say kind of, um, you know, groups of <laughs> humans up to about 75 can kind of mix together really well over a week. Yeah. And um, from, from kind of just my experience of now organizing several events, actually with 50 to kind of 75 people you can actually over five days you can create this like amazing bubble where you get everyone together and everyone kind of feels connected by the end of it so that's something we've been trying to kind of incorporate in our, in our events a little bit um i found the fact that mds is completely self-supported a real challenge in that you know i think i think you know some people love it the fact that you've got to carry all your food and all your stuff on your rucksack but i I do think that is it turns a lot of people off. So our events are you can you can bring you you have to bring everything in your um, your bag, but you don't carry it. So it's just supported taking between okay. tents, um, and uh, and yeah, a few little things like that. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of I guess the main things. And if you, if you quickly seen because MDS, we always joke about the fact that it's pretty much city boys who. Are often yeah. <laughs> ex-military city boys, um, a fair few non-runners um, who are there for the yeah that that are epic. Have you have you seen a change in the people who've been coming to your events, and and has that been because of what you've put on or because of how you've advertised? Uh, yeah, it's huge. I think the two biggest shifts we've seen, and and actually. I had we we did an event in Surrey uh, last month, and I had a and, it, and it, actually it's, it's happened quite a few times now. But you get like one of the kind of I guess the old school ultra runners who's done a lot of events. But it was it was it was Dan Lawson because we we're doing like a rerun um, drop off at the start, mm. and he and he genuinely like came over to me about three three times, and he was like, I I just don't get this. Like this is just it's a different it's a different scene because. I think we, we're finding our, our average age is about is about 33, 34, um, yeah. and generally getting 40% girls. We're generally getting you know quite a you know quite a diverse group of people, um, you know, competing in our events. Um, and and there is definitely a kind of yeah, it's it's a, it's a very different type of or it's a different different very different audience overall and average than the MBS. You still get you know you still always get the you know the kind of the old timers and and the kind of um, you know all ages and stages, but um, mm. yeah, I'd say I'd say on average it's a much younger crowd, um, which is you know really exciting because that's kind of exactly what we're trying to trying to set out to do. What do you think that Dan meant by I don't get the thing? Because I'm sure Dan's used to young people. <laughs> I don't get completely alien to as well. Is is it more the how people were interacting with each other, or do you think he didn't see runners like ultra runners as being that audience 
Yeah, I think I, I mean his exact words was it's. He <laughs> just said it's a bit of a like a cool crowd for for ultra running. I think I've always hated this perception that you know you go to someone in a in a in a pub or whatever and you'd be like oh, I'm doing an ultra marathon and they almost like oh sorry mate like, oh what's what's happened like what what's, what's, gone, what's gone wrong you know it's like this it's like this um you know attachment to a midlife crisis and I've always thought you know that's mm. that's not really true like it's a bit of like an image problem and actually a lot of the people who I know who do these events mm. who I've met are, are the complete opposite like they're the kind of go-getters they're the people who are super like inspiring have done like incredible things and I've just yeah I've kind of um I think I think we've kind of tried to change that that image a little bit um but yeah I I, I guess I don't know what exactly what Dan was saying but uh yeah he uh he's <laughs> he was definitely surprised and so with this new because one of the things about the NDS is that it does scare the shit out of people sufficiently that most people are pretty well trained or have really researched what they need to do and they've checked all the kit and that you know you're less likely to get someone just winging it that you... didn't always that didn't always used to be like that though when i went when i did it in 2011 because social media wasn't as hot back then like there were no like facebook groups and stuff like that like there were people there absolutely winging it there were people who'd like who barely trained and and you know the people that, and like literally within a day the bottoms of their feet would fall off um and there were people there who you know clearly should have done like training stuff like that and i think it's i think it's the cost of it that means that people are take it more seriously now and also like you say scaring the shit out of people by by having it all over all over social media but yeah people certainly mm. used to wing it because they even um uh oh, what's his name um patrick made some comment to the um uh, the company that, that that used to run it saying that the british always it always like the first 40 that went were all british on the like the second day or something because it would yeah. always be the british that just think oh i've had three curries and you know i've done a i've done a half marathon i'll i'll, I'll give it a bash but it's totally different i imagine that the people that are showing up with yours are much more prepared <laughs> I mean, it, it's a mixture like it's it's a, it's actually a difficult balance to get because obviously we push the accessibility port part really hard so but yeah you, and you've got to get the balance right between being like you know any anyone can do this but but like no seriously mate like you need to train a little bit um, <laughs> but you could kind of with with multi-day i think you have a little bit more little bit more sort of flexibility don't you mm. i think you can I, I think like what you were saying there you can kind mm. of use it to train and get better while you're doing it almost if you yeah. if you kind of pace but, it right and i think it, it, it there's a bit more leeway yeah but i also think you know for multi-stage actually training is is actually just a small aspect and actually that the information is actually almost more important like the kits and the yeah. admin and the and the food and the, and, and actually if you look at the people who drop out of these events mm. when they turn once they get to the start line unless they've got like a, a pre-existing injury the reasons of a stomach and blisters that's that's the two biggest things mm. that, that people get wrong and actually i, I and I, I always say this when you're preparing for one of these events it's not it's not the physical side which you need to focus on it's like it's the general preparation which yeah. is kind of all aspects and actually 
one thing I think we are pretty good at is, you know, connecting people when they sign up straight away with, okay, these are the resources you need to look at. Um, these are the people you need to speak to. And here's the community where you can actually ask questions. And actually, I think, you know, maybe in the past there hasn't been that community, particularly in ultra running where, you know, every you speak to 20 competitors who all finish and each and every one of them will have followed a different training plan. <laughs> each and every one of things will have, mm. you know, um, eating different food throughout. So it is a bit of a nightmare and it is a bit of kind of, you know, learn your own way. Um, so, yeah. So when you go to a new, so because you, you had the Wadi Run where you had an established support team yeah. do previous events. So when you go into a new country, let's take Mexico, for example, how do you then determine where's safe, what's a good course, who's someone who actually has that experience, and how do I engage them in a way? Because Mexico is known as a pretty dangerous and corrupt country, right? So like, what steps do you have to take to actually find if it's feasible and, and then make it happen? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, we, our, our original, um, after, after doing the Wadi Rum for, for three years, um, as a, or two years as a team, um, we kind of were like, okay, we're pretty good at 250k races, so we'll basically just pick it up and you know move it to another country, and it'll it'll just go like that. But um, <laughs> what we discovered pretty quickly is every location is completely different, and starting mm. from scratch, and, and you've got to completely start from scratch. And and issues which were issues in one place are just going to be completely new in the next place. Um, so with regard to uh, usually how we work is we have a local uh, kind of fixer logistics uh, kind of company who handle the kind of groundwork permissions, um, route planning, um, procurement in country, etc. Um, and finding them and finding a good one is actually bloody hard. Um, and actually Mexico, you know, was one which came through out of a number of locations we kind of discussed when, and spent a lot of time on. And actually, it was, you know, after basically getting in touch with every single person we knew in Mexico, getting in touch with tons of tourism um, operators, getting in touch with the tourism board in each country, having just so many conversations and finally kind of, you know, getting a few things which pointed towards the same thing. And, you know, seeing what happened, going out and doing a recce, meeting a few people. Um, and it, it, it actually all came together in the end in we managed to get a, a, an event underway, which I think at some point you were, you were going to come down to, but picked up an injury, which is, which is a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, it's it's actually something which is really incredible, actually, when you've kind of been through literally the, the stages where you're like, okay, I've read Born to Run. This is going to be an amazing place for a location. And then you go and do the, the groundwork. And then you go out there for like a wreck, you spend a week out, you know, you travel the course, you literally run parts of it. You're like, okay, this, this might work, this might not work. And then, you know, 12 months later, you actually have an event where, you know, you have 15 of the local Tara Humaras there. You've got like a couple of like really, really good, like Western athletes competing, people from all over the world. And it's, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, you know, really, really incredible. And when you when you're coming up with these routes, are you cho choosing like known routes with known trails of the like a like a long distance trails or or anything like that, or are you picking an area and then trying to mm. work popular trails into it? How how how's, what's your kind of thinking on that? Yeah, every, every location is different. Um, in in Mexico, we actually are creating a trail, so 
we partnered with um said well there was essentially we met we were put in contact with during our research um a few american guys who uh had worked in the u.s peace corps in mexico and were essentially looking that they'd retired and were looking to create um essentially a trail through the copper canyon um or through through kind of chihuahua um similar to kind of the, the camino trail in you know in in spain um and over the next three to five years they're going to be essentially marking it mapping it doing the whole thing permanently um and it kind of it came at the right time it was a good connection so essentially we used a lot of their trail and together over the next few years we are going to be creating a tourist trail but at the moment it is you know it's us and following kind of local indian paths which are, are the majority completely unmapped um so yeah it's uh, it's kind of interesting other other events um sri lanka it was a mixture using a lot of established trails but actually finding 250 kilometers um of, of trails in in places like that is, is very difficult mm -hmm. so you end up kind of trying to connect you know sections um and obviously you want to get you want to basically get the high points um over the course of five days and also you the difficult thing with a lot of these places is actually to get the high are really difficult to get to so if you just make it then it ends up a bloody hard course so you've got to kind of balance it out between making sure you've got you know enough access points for the route to, to have checkpoints every 10k and it to be like you know relatively like you can you can get up, up and down the course fairly quickly um not ridiculously hard and not just traveling to you know this point it's got an amazing view down this point it's got an amazing view um but also making sure you do get you know the, the epic points where wherever you are in the world and do you do you go out and I mean I imagine that you've got a a whole list of places you go out and you think okay this is great do you like go out and visit a lot of places and then realize once you get there that there's just we can't do this or you know and what what have, what have been those locations that you thought oh, it'd be incredible if we could do this but it's, it's logistics or trail wise it hasn't turned out that way there there hasn't actually been anywhere we haven't been to there's usually like a lot of due diligence which goes into before and, and actually you luckily you can do quite a lot through like i mean just google maps and, and actually oh, really? just speaking with people on the course um so I'd, I'd like to think that once you're you know certain enough a location to be able to you know buy plane tickets go out there book a week we'd be pretty pretty damn sure we were very close to doing something in australia um a couple of years ago um i'm pretty glad we didn't go ahead with that um there's a couple of other destinations in europe which we cut we basically planned planned an event and it and it hasn't happened um sometimes due to um people not wanting us to be there um more often than not um and and sometimes just hitting like a sampling block block you know something something little like you know there's never going to be more than 150 competitors allowed on this trail or whatever on, on this section of trail and you're like okay well you know that that's not necessarily going to work so you've got to move on mm. so when you say not people not wanting to be there is that what from a political perspective or an environmental perspective or you know what what's the normal reasons when you start the planning that it turns out that mm. you're not you're not wanted <laughs> uh it's it's usually due to like yeah it, it depends i mean i think quite often it's um people don't just don't want like commercial activities going on on, the, on their trails um 
we've had uh, we had I mean, quite quite often it's just yeah you just yeah they, they, it's it's just you know it's too much effort for them to organize with a kind of foreign body which is going to come in once a year and actually they've got a couple of you know races going on in their own which are run by local operators and they're yeah. not that up for kind of supporting and mm. and actually it's just them going out of their way to kind of help you and they're not key but i mean ge- generally people are pretty supportive and does does the does the hand ever kind of come out to you over a week <laughs> and a suggestion uh, or like how, how do you play that actually not yet not yet <laughs> and so with the uh, Tara Amara then, because I know we we spoke about the Mexico race and, and you're actually getting them involved. Like how how accessible were they and how aware are they of their guess, international status now? Um, it's 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 actually quite mixed. Like there's a there's actually quite a big like disparity between some of the Tara Humaras, like like um mm. For example, we had we had 15, 15 competing in our race, and one um, was wearing Hoka's, um a nutrition vest. Kind of actually had a, kind of kind of some sports nutrition. Um, most of the rest of them wore loincloths, sandals, and had nothing but burritos for the for the entirety of the the week. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a mix, and and a few of them definitely. Um, yeah, understand. I mean, we had a bit of a film crew, and and a few of them, you know, um, yeah, kind of like going up to the camera, chatting to the people, bit getting a bit of FaceTime, and whereas a lot, um, I think there's a big kind of pride sense of culture, and they're very, um, it, they don't like to be showy. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of them really don't like being filmed, and um, and this kind of thing, and uh, are very much, you know, they're not that competitive. They're kind of they're all for the team, um, but yeah we kind of it was it was incredible seeing them in action and uh how, with, yeah. with the hoka individuals were they the younger people or that were they the 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 better runners who were commercially sponsored or were they the people that wanted to kind of break out of the culture or so essentially that the way it, it seemed to work was that the better runners had been kind of picked up by the they, they um they, they kind of um the Tarimara is split between like municipalities. So mm. un, like, kind of, I guess in the UK you have councils or counties or whatever. In um, Mexico, you have um, municipalities and each municipality is, is basically governed by a different mayor and a different, a different kind of group of people and the, has a different kind of tribe of Tarimara and they very much represent their municipalities. But essentially, I think the, um, the best runners in each municipality are essentially picked up by like the mayor or um or, or the board and then they're kind of supported um because that municipality they they they, they want to be seen as you know the best the most competitive the, um, with the best runners kind of thing so it was usually um you know those those people um but the yeah the, i mean the guy who won um the entire race which was um pretty impressive um yeah it was 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 wasn't wearing um sandals and do you think like did you get a sense that the ones who were wearing sandals are they looking at the trainers thinking i want those why haven't i got them it's it's actually really difficult to say because you know (laughs) 
I've, I've never met um, anyone who shows so little emotion. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, genuinely, there, there was, um, there was, we've got, it, handing out medals when they crossed the finish line was, you know, genuinely one of the most hysterical things because, you know, you cross the finish line, there would be no kind of, you know, punching the air or smiling. It would just be cross the finish line, start walking, and, and you kind of almost have to like usher them over. So it's very much, yeah, it's, it's very much in their culture to kind of straight face, um, not kind of, not much talking to kind of Westerners, um, you know, turn up at the start line, get to the finish line, that's kind of my duty. Um, and, and they would then be rewarded with grain to then go and feed their family. Um, so it's it's difficult to say. And, and to be honest, I, I don't think there was, you know, I don't think those people particularly treated the um miguel who is uh who is the guy who, who wore hokers in in, a, in any particular different light so what, what was their motivation then for doing the race i mean it, and and would you say we've been almost brought up to believe that it's running is their you know was their spirituality I mean, would would you say that's true and, and was that part of it I think I think that's that is part of it. I think um, running is a big part of of the culture. Um, you know, they, they genuinely do run or or at least walk, travel by foot anywhere, and that's just the nature of you know living in the canyons. You know, it's 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 genuinely like that. You if you see all the roads or if you see all the trails, it's impossible to get around by any other means. And yeah, I, I remember going on kind of um, a couple of recce's there, and and you know. Up these super steep um, technical kind of trails, and and you know mothers and children are, are walking up from their days at school, and and they're just you know they're just constantly kind of walking on their feet, and I think that is a big part of the culture. I think in terms of um, competing in races, there's more of a um, you are providing for your family, so we provide or the, the municipality and us provide grain for finishers. And that and that is kind of pretty standard. You know, you compete in a race, you win food, and that is how you provide for your family for the for the next kind of you know, x x amount of weeks, months. Um, so I think that's a big part of the racing side. I think some of them do it competitively, but it it seems to be more motivated by actually the kind of what you get for for finishing. How much grain would you get then for for an Ultra X? Uh, you get you get quite a bit. You get quite a few um, few big bags. I think I think it was I don't remember the exact weight, but it was um, it was a couple of thousand pesos worth. <laughs> I actually so can't, with, I can't remember the number. So how how did you come to that figure then, and and the the idea that that was how did you discover that that was the way to engage them in the race? Uh, we, we, so we, that's our local partner kind of advises us on that. We, and we work with the municipality and, and essentially we, we say, okay, you know, five days, 250k. We like, you know, we'd like, we want to have as many, many kind of runners. We want to support the local community. What's, what's right. And they're like, oh, okay, this is, this is what you need to do. Um, and, and you kind of, and you kind of make it happen because, um, you know, getting for, for, for our, I guess our, our international competitors being able to compete with, with them um it's yeah. just it's just a properly amazing experience you're lucky that they said it was grain and not gold ingots or something like that <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it's yeah. just solid gold they need to, to even think about competing <laughs> yeah and, go, and sorry, say, go back to shrank <laughs> yeah, say, 
say Jason had won, would you have allowed him to have take a grain as well? Should that have been his, <laughs> forced his him, desire? Forced him. You, you have to carry this back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have liked to see. I, he didn't actually ask. Yeah, maybe I should have given him a bottle of grain. And so what was the experience like then for, because that's that's where it becomes a little different to your other ultras, all of them and, and the NDS and most in that you're almost mixing theatre with with epic race. Um, although, you know, theatre is maybe a little bit not doing them justice, but that's what the the Western participants are almost getting from the experience. So how, how do you balance that? And do, are you going to try and do things like that in all the other races? Yeah, I mean, I, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, these, these events are experiences and like they're, you know, people do them to try and experience a different culture to their own. And I think, you know, that's that's half the fun of it and that's half the, um, you know, that's half the appeal. And so I'd, I'd love every event really to should have like a reflection and an opportunity to kind of connect with that local culture and to, to see a bit of it. And, and you know, in, in Mexico, that's very much, you know, the Tarahumara Mara's Indian, Indians, it's, it's their turf, it's their culture. And actually, if we can provide kind of an insight to that, I think, I think it's you know it's only a, a, a really good thing and and just it's it's just a cool experience to be a part of you know the amount of people who've read you know Born to Run and, mm. and know the story and and have kind of dreamed with with competing but even like you know for me just seeing you know these these people kind of in their own backyard going out and um, I mean the guy who won um, Miguel I mean genuinely like just a mind-blowing like athlete um and and yeah seeing him um you know to actually annihilate you know two you know Jedaminas and Jason who are who are you know two <laughs> top quality kind of people who've like you know top 10 UTMB um over the course of a week was uh was pretty pretty impressive and and I, and I remember saying like it's because um you know I think part of me um expected uh, Jason and Dedaminas to kind of come through um, yeah. over, the, over the course of the week because just because of the training and the background and the nutrition and the kit and all this um, to kind of come through and uh, you know day one essentially Miguel went off pretty hard um, and was essentially taken over with like literally last K and I was like okay that that's probably you know that's probably his race he went out hard he didn't want to lose <laughs> on his home turf like that's that's just going to be the story of the week um and then second day he went out obviously with a point to prove having been nipped um at the, at the kind of finish line and he put he put like 40 minutes on both of them and and then he did it again the next day and and it, i think wow. he won the whole thing i mean you know these races it's obviously over a, a, a kind of a long period, but you know I think mm. the winning time was like 21 and a half hours, and he beat you know both of them by an hour and a half, which which actually at that level is is a huge amount, mm. and and to the extent mm. that it wasn't it wasn't even competitive towards the final few days, they you know they they knew they were beat, um, which yeah I mean amazing. But what because why do you think he lost the first day then? Um. I don't know what happened on the first day. I, I, yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know whether. Um, 
I actually think the first day was the least technical and the, and the flattest mm. of the five. Um, so I think that probably played into the other two's hands. And and I do actually remember the one of the one of the um, municipality mayors who was uh, kind of um, with us throughout the event came came to me at the end, and he was like, you know, that you're not in the canyons yet. Um, and obviously all of our competitors were like, fuck off, that was, that was canyons. Like that was, that was, <laughs> please, please tell me that was canyons. Um, <laughs> um, but it wasn't, and it, it did get a lot kind of more, um, you know, more technical, a bit more steep climbs and, and steep ascent and yeah, steep, um, steep descents. Um, and, and yeah, that, that played into his favor massively. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably a big factor. I don't know. Maybe maybe he was playing mind games from the beginning. Yeah, mate. Yeah, maybe actually. And and what what did you kind of learn about their their way of, of running and fueling? And like, did they have anything different that surprised you? Um, I mean, it didn't look like there was much fueling going on. To be honest, um, it was uh, you know. It, 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 yeah, it, it actually, it, it's one of those things you're, you're amazed at the amount of, you know, time we spend, you know, calculating the amount of carbs we need per hour <laughs> and how much water we need to drink. And, um, yeah, I mean, the only way apart from, and, and even, and even Miguel, they, they'd have this thing called pinoli, which is like, um, grain, uh, kind of maize grain and, and that you mix it with water and essentially would give you some, well, slow release energy. Um, a bit like chia seeds um look at look a little bit like chia seeds and they you know have that throughout the day but other than that genuinely they would hard, hardly eat anything and they would you know perhaps carry um they, none of them had kind of nutrition vests so usually they'd have kind of little plastic bottles um in their mm. hands of, of water but i mean you know um you know the 0.75 liter kind of stuff pretty pretty small mm. and, and usually they would you know they'd maybe top up every couple of checkpoints, but most of the time they just go through. Um, and then, and then in terms of food, they would, you know, someone, one of the locals would usually drop off a pile of, um, <laughs> of tinfoil wrap burritos at, at various points on the course. Um, and I think a couple of our own runners discovered one of the piles at one point, which is met with quite a lot of excitement, but, um, yeah, that, 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 was, that was literally all they, all they had. Um, throughout the event and then and then you they'd get in every night and have like these kind of pot noodle stuff but I'm, i mean in comparison with the amount of calories which you know one of our competitors mm. would have had I, I you know half if not if not less than that and how, how would you compare him to you've seen winners of the Rum, you've seen um mm. the, the winners of the mds are they do you think they'd be able to take them on in their in those races it's it's difficult i mean miguel is is built for mountains and you know mm. that's his home turf and and that's his that's his kind of thing and he's you know short stocky pretty pretty ripped i mean being i think you know performing well in like a desert race you, is, is probably a slightly different format but i mean mm. yeah the, the the day um the second day of of mexico where um yeah it was a, it was a pretty tough day and the first one that he put kind of 40 45 minutes into into jason i, I J, jason came up and i remember him saying like specifically these words that no one in the world like killian couldn't have beaten miguel on that day so i i think i think on his own backyard he 
I, I don't know if I, I don't know if there's anyone that would you know it would it would be a challenge with any anyone in the world i think you know yeah. traveling i think traveling would be difficult i know i know um he's gone to some races in the us some hundred milers haven't performed but i think you know when you've you know spent your whole life living you know in in the in the canyons actually you don't really travel at all you're used to same food same setup i think being asked to race in a different environment is just mm. Is, is just a, a real challenge um but you know I'd, I'd i'd love to see it happen and uh, yeah we've kind of we've kind of been in chats with um some of the people in his municipality to see whether we can try and get him out to, to one of our races potentially in slovenia um just just to kind of see um what he could do and try and support him a little bit or even trying to get i mean i know i know you're on that with pal who's yeah. won utmb yeah. Getting power to race there. I mean, if that would be the equivalent, wouldn't it? The I mean, Powell's Powell's time zone with uh, watch, watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we could. So it could actually happen. Yeah, we're we're trying. I think I think for some reason Powell's got a clash on that this year. Um, but he's coming yeah. to a couple of other events. But um, yeah, I think I think at some point it will happen. And and do you get a sense then? Are there other tribes around the world, or groups of people around the world, who are similar, uh, genuine running tribes, or are they quite unique in that? Um, I think I think they are pretty unique in that sense. I think I, I was talking to Adharana and um, Finn about this, and obviously he spent quite a lot of time in Kenya. And there's mm. um, there's a few kind of you know groups of kind of tribes which. Uh, would you know would hunt on foot historically um I, I think i think if you kind of spoke to them and even i think if you spoke to taro Mara, they actually probably wouldn't think of themselves or want to be kind of described as a as a running tribe i think that's just kind mm. of the way we've like you know in, interpreted it or or you know made it out because it's quite like a romantic cool kind of mm. concept um but to be honest i don't know um so if you find any let me know because uh, we're, we're, we're looking for we're, we're looking yeah. for new locations. Well, that's what I was you're thinking. Scouring, you're scouring new books, aren't you? You're just like looking at new books, like which one's going to be the next board? Who's who's discovered someone somewhere who's doing something? <laughs> and so, so, what's the reaction been then? Because MDS, when when we did it, it was massive. I mean, in terms of previous years, it was as big than it had ever been. Um, and since then, it's suffered. I don't know whether that's linked with you guys or linked with just a plethora of other races coming onto the scene or but have you have you had any kickback on on people expecting an mds experience and it, it being different uh no we haven't actually i mean we, we've, had, we've had a lot of people being um kind of the opposite who've done mds and being like wow like you know what why did I, you know, pay five grand for actually, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the same in every single way, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, wow, that's, um, you know, it's very good value. And I think that is, you know, something which is definitely affecting MDS with the number of, you know, other people out there who are kind of offering alternatives now. I think MDS still had a, I think this year it's got a pretty, pretty big field. I think it's had a difficult couple of years for for various mm. reasons but yeah i think um it seems to be kind of coming back but i, I just think you know the, i think the market's growing i think a lot of people are getting into ultra running and endurance sport 
as um, you know more so than ever before. I think it's getting a lot more kind of coverage um, on you know just mainstream media. I think you know five years ago most people didn't have a clue what ultra running was. Now some people have heard of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's going in the right direction. And and where have you got left that you're like, if you could just choose countries that you think would be good locations. um, I mean, Sri Lanka is very different humidity wise and everything, but which countries would be on your bucket list? It's so hard. Like the, the problem is there are, and, and actually, we've even discovered this in the last 18 months where, you know, we've actually had to do more stuff in the UK um, that, you know, there's just even in the UK, there's tons of places you could you could stage incredible races. There's there's just so many, um, you know, amazing spots. And mm. so we've we've kind of got to be quite trying to be quite clever about it. You know, we want to have places which are, um, you know, sexy tourist locations that you can get excited about visiting. Um, that are relatively like accessible from you know key key markets like the UK, so you can actually fly there because that's that's a good point. And and also when you get there, it's got to be relatively easy to get to the trail because actually you don't want to mm. fly there and then spend you know a day in a in a bus or a coach or whatever. You want to be able to literally get in you know three hours or whatever and be on the trail. Um, so there's a lot of things, and actually now we are putting a lot out. To our community being like where, where do you want to race um you know where would be a good location and interestingly top three locations at the moment um are looking like norway canada and new zealand those those are the three which keep on oh. yeah interesting. Which to me I'd, I'd assume would be almost too western and just too yeah. too standard but not standard for races but standard for, for visiting yeah so yeah, but I think I think one thing we've learned is um, we can make life very hard for ourselves, um, mm. depending on location. And actually, you can you can make a really incredible, really remote um, inc- like experience in places which don't need to be, you know, no comms, no um, GPS, potentially slightly hostile environment, and and actually mm. you, you could. <laughs> You can you can kind of get a middle ground um, and make it make it still work. Um, so we're just trying to kind of manage that as at the moment. But to be honest, the, the next I think the next kind of year for us is really just about um, you know kind of maintaining our UK events, seeing what happens with international travel, and actually really focusing on just the event the portfolio we've currently got. And then hopefully 22, you'll see you'll see some new stuff cropping up from us. But we're, uh, yeah, we're always looking for new ideas. And yeah, if you've got any um, any contacts or uh, friends who know any of these more more, more running tribes, yeah, let me know. Well, I suppose that's the... Oh, sorry. There you go, Jim. So I, I, I suppose that's the difficulty, isn't it? You've got to balance... Um, you've got to hit a... Um, a, a, a location just at the right time in the sense that it has to be exciting enough that people um want to go there but it has to be well known enough that people mm. you know have heard of it and so yeah getting it too early and you you, you have to do all the work on educating them you ideally want to hit them at that point where where you know it's it's slightly after its up and coming status has has, has been identified i suppose I reckon Japan would be pretty sweet. Oh yeah. yeah, just because it's it's in a very high tech 
very westernized dish nation but also completely different in culture and yeah. highly understood and um and nice yeah, and I mean, cheap I know. <laughs> and you can you can run for rights there as well so you know but, um I, I know what you mean by you can go on the om and you can feel a million miles away from anywhere in freezing tent and uh, when actually you're like 10 miles away from mcdonald's it's just you haven't you know you just don't know how to get there um and um do you think there's gonna be because i mean you've you're now you've branded you're branding towards more of a series where you're going to have a final for people who've done well enough for the the other ones yeah we're seeing the similar thing with utmb where they're now expanding into new countries and almost trying to create the different tiers going up to it um similar even new york road runners doing something similar with the localized races to qualify golden trail series um do you do you think the next kind of 10 years is there's going to be almost an emergence and even Spartan moving in forgot about them do you think there's going to be this consolidation of, uh, of of many many races into a few big brands yeah it seems it seems to be the way it's going um, I mean each of those people you've mentioned kind of do operate in in slightly different kind of things like you've got you know utmb is very much kind of mountain ultra single stage um spartan mm. kind of well spartan's just ed kind of entered and seems to be kind of going for the trail space now um mm. obviously golden series is kind of the shorter trail trail space and that's very much like a solomon dominated we always want to be the multi-stage guys like where where we've gone into a bit of single stage in the last 12 months just because of the kind of time frames haven't been long enough to you know, create, you know, long, long events. And actually because of COVID, it's really been what all we can do. Um, mm. And yeah, uh, we, we kind of, you know, that's that's what we want to focus on. And that's what we want to be known for is our, really our 250s and, and two day two day events. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen over the next few years. And, and yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you now see Ironman taking over UTMB. Um, mm. It's going to it seems to be becoming a, a lot more commercial, um, but also with that becomes you know more recognition of this, the sport, you know more support for some of like the high caliber athletes, and actually I think we're going to see some like astonishing things you know being done, which is you know, I, I I find really like exciting. Um, and, and do you think if you look at the comparing yourself to MDS, where do you think their money goes to the extra cash? Um, <laughs> if we're going to speculate, <laughs> we're going to speculate. Well, just because I'm get... genuinely intrigued. It's a helicopter. Yeah, I... It's the helicopter, isn't it? Does it all go on the helicopter? Uh, you should see Patrick's holiday house. I genuinely I, I, do wonder. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's. It, I think it, honestly, it's. It's. I don't want to compare like for like MDS with, mm. with you know our races. I think MDS is a incredibly well supported like they've got you know all the belt uh, lots of lots of kind of bells and whistles they've got the helicopter they've got you know the moroccan um kind of report goes to the kind of moroccan state and that's where you know they, and that, that and a lot has to happen for you know um 
for, for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Colonel Gaddafi-style tent that Patrick <laughs> lounges in on the... <laughs> in the office. I, imagine, I imagine he has something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, so do I, but... Um... <laughs> And, and, you know, in, in 15 years' time, if if things, you know, change and races differ, could you ever see yourself uh, merging with the MDS? Um, I, I think it's highly unlikely, but I mean, I'm never going to say never. <laughs> like, it's, it's not. <laughs> well, you've got that cheeky laugh on as though you know something there, David. It's like, no, no, no. I, just, I, I, I'm just doing a little bit of staring just because no. I know Sam well, so I can just take the, you know, you can just wind him up a bit and try and get him to say some things he might, he might think, shit, why don't I say If Patrick approached me and was like, Sam, you know, I, I really like what, you know, you're doing with Ultra X, and I think, I think we could do a really good Ultra X Morocco together and make it on brand to, to how you would want it. Um, I, I would be open to a discussion. So if he's listening, <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, to be honest, we, we're very, we're very particular about our format. You know, we want to keep the, the price, the entry price low. Um, we want it to be kind of, you know, self-supported. It, well, we, we don't want to have the rucksacks. We want to kind of do the campsite the way we want to do it. Yeah. I think the MDS is is a different race. Um, and I, I, and I, it would, you know, if we were ever to merge with, you know, other organisations, and we have. We have actually had race directors from various countries, you know, approaching us and being like, "Oh, I want to, I want to set up Ultrax, you know, Thailand or Ultrax, um, Hungary." These are just examples, but um, mm. but you know, if people come to us with those, you know, propositions, it, yeah, we're just, I just, you know, it has to be, um, you know, in the same way we want it, and you know, people have, you know, I've had lots of discussions with people who've been like, "Oh, this is great," you know, you could license our tracks or franchise it out and you know create mm. these races all over the world and actually mm. like that just doesn't you know it's all got to be you've got to be so kind of on it with the ops and details and otherwise it'll just become you know something which, which you're not really about um so yeah I, I i i don't know if that's uh really answered your question but i'll never say never to anything but uh highly unlikely and then, and then in terms of, because um, the thing is, uh, yes, as well, being the one race, a lot of people do it once, and that's almost their blunder marathon of, of options, in that yeah. you do it once, you tick that box, you move yeah, on. I, I don't, Does that you, happen to what, anyone? Does that happen to anyone, though? How many people you know, have just gone and done the MDS and then mm-hmm. gone, oh, that's all I'm doing? I, don't, I, I, I can't think of a single person who's done it who, who has stopped there. I'd say quite a few, actually. Yeah, no, quite well, qu- quite a few of the the people that weren't necessarily runners in the, the same way before. Um, but the what I was um, kind of alluded to was what what kind of return rates are you seeing, and you know what kind of uh, relationship are your runners having with ultras um, from joining the first one to are they doing all of them? Are they moving on to lots of things? Do they? Do they now see Ultra X as the normal version, or? Yeah, interesting. Um, so we've only been around for well two years pre-COVID, and actually only one and a half year pre-COVID first. So I don't have a swathe of data to on on mm. return custom because actually, if you're going to do a two fifty, you've you've only got you, we've only got like twelve months of people who've signed up mm. straight away. Um, we do always ask people if they're considering one 
within 24 months and the numbers are usually you know high like 30 over over 30 percent um but yeah i mean we've we've had quite a few people um <laughs> our first three events were march october november all 250s and we had two people who did all three um and um yeah a few who did a couple which is um pretty extreme having having signed down for one and signed down for the back mm. and we've had a number of people who have signed down for a full year of events because they you know it's it's like it's like with centurion going for the um yeah. whatever it is the the grand, the slam, grand slam yeah, yeah. Grand um yeah. you know people just want you know everything and and i, I didn't call it the xxx <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that, that'll be great for um uh for seo yeah. oh, don't, don't get me started on that the amount of the amount of bounce emails i get just because our ultra dash x which uh i think a lot of um mailboxes don't <laughs> don't appreciate yeah yeah i bet <laughs> and um and, and how many do you think you'd stop at or do you think you just will continue going doing more 250s or um yeah i i i don't know i think you know we want to we want to have um lots of events um i think i think the way we'll go is having you know a number of 250s which are the core the mm. kind of pinnacle the top of the the top of the pyramid so so to speak i'd love to have you know a, a range so that you know you've got one amazing mountain race you've got one amazing jungle mm. race you've got one maybe a couple of desert races but like a little bit of everything and then you'd essentially have a lot more of the kind of one, two fives, which are kind of your stepping stone weekend event, which are usually not as extreme locations, you know, more accessible from kind of, you know, hubs, um, but in like good trail spots and more kind of the gateway, the multi-stage racing. Uh, and I can see us having, yeah, a lot of them over the next few years. Cool. Well, um, Sam, thanks. We've got some questions as well. I need to quickly check because I haven't loaded them in advance. <laughs> see if I can find them. <laughs> They're probably going to be heavily uh, insulting or useless, but uh, you never know. We sometimes get the odd bit of, of uh, <laughs> diamond in there. So uh, let's have a look. We have um, questions from. Well, sorry, Sam is going to tell me just to. For some reason, Ollie Walker wants to know whether you sharted on a long run. <laughs> I, I actually, I saw that, and uh, I, I was trying to think: does he have any basis for pushing? I spent a bit of time with Ollie, and I was like, is that is that a probed question, or is that just, um, just Ollie being being funny? Um, I mean, not not recently. Um, it's happened before, but I, I think. Most runners would say it's happened before at some point. <laughs> so we had a question from Johnny, but that's been covered. I'm just going to quickly check on our Facebook as well. Uh, apologies. Uh, uh, and are you still, I mean, are you, are you managing to stay fit and, and take part in your own races? Or does um, this take I'm... over now? Yeah, I mean, I I I I love it, and I try I try to um, do it when I can, and and it's always fun to you know like support other people's races and also see what they're doing. It does, it has kind of changed my experience because you now it's inevitably becomes like market research a little bit, and you're like, oh, well, mm. I, I like the way he's uh, he's marked that turning, or you know that's a that's a good briefing, or 
or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I try to. It's um, obviously the focus is on delivering events, and actually, it's not great for <laughs> for training consistency because you know when you have an event mm. for, a, for a weekend, it's just four days or or seven if it's a two fifty of just you know complete focus, and and it, mm. it yeah it does take you out out of you. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that I'll always stay in touch with you know other races, support other races, and and just the community as all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I've got a long. Uh, I did. See, there were some list of other races I want to. I want to get involved in. So, <laughs> well, there were more questions on Facebook. You, we've actually covered them all in the questions so far. All the the answers you've given. So, um, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Sam. I'm sure at some point we'll do a tie-in with the community and get our club coming to the races officially and and all of that. But um, if people want to to sign up, what's the next big one that are currently selling? Well, Wales is in six weeks. That's a big one. Uh, our first 250k in uh, on British soil, um, which is in oh. South, South, South Yeah, it's a kind of reaction to COVID. 18 months ago, we had zero UK events. Now we've got about nine um, this year. Um, so yeah, Ultrax Wales 250k um, South Snowdonia in second week of August um, will be incredible. Does that go over? Does that go up to the top of stage or? No, it's um, it's it's South Snowdonia, which is um, you know, much more rural, much less touristy. Um, actually, it, it's completely stunning, but you know, much less people. Um, which was mm. kind of the main thing. It, the, the highest kind of point on the race, the place called Keder Idris, which is interesting, the most Instagrammed uh, mountain in the UK. Um, so it, it, it claims to be the the prettiest place in the or the prettiest mountain in the UK. <laughs> it's uh i can tell you it's, it's pretty awesome um so that that's what that is um and that is the second week of wales uh if you don't fancy a 250 we've got um our summer trail series event in west yorkshire which is the first weekend of september and that's got distances from half marathon to 100k amazing and it's all ultra x i assume instagram facebook website exactly yeah Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Good luck with the uh, return to racing, particularly Thank when it comes uh, disappears. And uh, yeah, let us know in the future of future updates. Legend. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Sam. Yeah, interesting. Any reason to talk about the MDS again, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But it's really, it is really interesting. Really interesting to see like the differentiation between people's expectation of the MDS. So essentially, like the MDS is, I mean, it's been, it's the gateway for I think for a lot of people for multi-day events. Even if it's not their Mm. first multi-day event, it's normally training Mm. for the MDS gets them to do their first multi-day event. Yeah, as preparation yeah. for it. Um, but it's just interesting to see, you know, carving out that multi-day niche when you have so many other trail series that are all about single stages. And I think that's really important. I think the the art of the multi-day race, I think, is is the one to master because I think it's you have everything. You've got the experience, and what he what he said about the the tent mate thing is so true. You're in this, it like, it's, it's very difficult if you've not done the MDS to, under, to kind of understand that. But you really do only know, like, 
eight people, don't you? Mm. Really, from that whole experience, yeah. you've got 900, 1200, however many hundred people there. But all you really know is either like the, the people immediately around you or the tents like near you where you occasionally shout something across and you might yeah. see something and really you're only really associated with it. Whereas you need it to be a much smaller group and that was it, did you say 50 to 75 in order for it to feel more of a sort of a cohesive unit. That's really interesting. And even within that, you um, it's often quite random who you end up in a tent with because as much as they encourage you to arrange in advance who you're with you then then get there and it's a complete bun fight for where you end up they change the rules no one knows what's going on and so you could be in a tent with people that i think there's one person who's in a tent with no one else spoke his language and so that's not a great week really is it so well, no but that's the thing you know, it, the, the whole thing with that it hinges on that tent isn't it if you're not if you're not mm. in the right tent it yeah. absolutely hinges because that is the that is the joy of all of that. It's the camaraderie. It's you know, it's almost like the running bit is is great, but there's it, it, it so much more about it that makes that experience. Um, yeah, and, and and yeah, and I think that's it. You know, just focusing on that experience. I didn't realise that they weren't self-supported as well. That they actually carry uh, carry supplies with you, which I think it, that is a massive thing for. Um, for people doing their first multi-data because if you had to do yeah. that as well that is a that is a big big jump to make i think that's a that's a hard thing to to get right um yeah and it saves a fortune as well because you spend your money on kit to make it lighter whereas if you're not having to carry all the kit then actually you d you're not too worried about having well you can you can cook every meal you can take yeah. food that's nice you don't it really does change that comfort level um it's yes, really interesting that you yeah. said about no no because i was going to say when i did when i did mds i wasn't doing it to perform to compete or anything else like that. i wanted it to be comfortable mm. and so i was happy to carry all the extra that would go with it so that i could cook hot meals and you know mm. even have a pillow and just things like that just because i wanted to fucking enjoy it and i think these seem the type of races that you know that people do want to enjoy and so just having a few of those little luxuries there just transforms it i mean what did you sleep on cardboard and eat cold shit didn't you like <laughs> slept on cardboard and ate <laughs> cardboard and slept on cold shit <laughs> yeah um but even even the, the the fact they asked that they said new zealand canada um as the places people wanted to go that it just doesn't we've almost been brought up to think that these races have to be in the mold of mds whereas Actually, why can't you go to New York State and oh, run a multi-day race there and then be in New York for the weekend? I mean, why do we have to go and get on a bus for seven hours? Or um, And yes, so if you if you think of it that way, flights are probably cheaper to a lot of these days in the main cities anyway. And then um, you've got the infrastructure. So... Well, if yeah, you're so keen about we'll... that, you're going to be invited to Milton Keynes X, where you are <laughs> five days multi-stage racing around Milton Keynes area and Bedford and, you know, no, no, I completely, I completely, I think, I think there's still so much, I mean, especially in like places like America, but there's still so much to explore in places mm. that, that are well connected um, and, you know, probably could do with re-exploring, certainly. I mean, like, you know, there mm. must be... So it's like so much, like France, for example. I mean, France is probably pretty well served for 
um, ultra events um, and multi-day events as it is. Um, but yeah, there must be. There just must be so much to explore on the doorstep. Um, without, like you say, yeah, you know, there's an easy jet flight away rather than you know how can I how can I you know get a flight to then get on a boat to then get on a, a small helicopter to 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 get somewhere. Mm. And 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 it is about your tribe as well. Just saying, because while there are, I'm sure there are multi-day races in France, I'd probably be less inclined to do them. Knowing I was the only because <laughs> they're French. Yeah, not not because they're French, just because that that everyone there is going to speak a different language. And you know, whether it's Spain, France, Germany, going somewhere where you know you're going with a predominantly um, English-speaking group does change the nature of that event. And um, and so you even duplicating the exact races elsewhere, but taking your group would make it completely different as an experience. Um, but do best. Who's is anyone listening? Done an Ultra X? You know what do you think? It's I think about a thousand pounds, maybe even less than that, and so about a third of the price. Which yeah, they're super. Which, they're, they're super good value. Super good value. The one that was coming up that we're talking about, um, Ultra X Wales, um, looks incredible value. Yeah, yeah, which is really nice actually. Um, to, just to to have that accessibility. And if anything, it, it might feed the MDS. It might it, it might position the MDS as almost the the pinnacle and create more of a market it, for them. It's interesting, isn't it, with the MDS? Because like UTMB, okay, you know, of course they've got their kind of expansion, and that expansion's happening mm. under under now the, the Ironman um, mm. uh, brand um, and the disaster that that's going to be, I imagine. Um, but. Um, Things like MDS, you know, MDS have tried to expand, haven't they? They've tried to do that, and it hasn't. It kind of hasn't worked mm. because, like, the half MDS that seemed to have some sort of cloud under it, because then that's split off, and it's nothing to do with mm. the MDS now, even though it's called half MDS. And there's just certain there's certain things that can't that, that that struggle to expand. I think that's the difficulty, isn't it? When you have a, a kind of a key event like the MDS, mm. and you're like, how do we spin this off in order to make it feel authentic enough that you still want to do that you know because mm. you, know, you, you think marathon des Sables because you know anything in the you think everything would have to be sand based hot country based in order to stay it utmb it has to be a mountainous region you know mm. um but people still fundamentally want to get into those the, the big races if you don't if mm. you don't have a big race that's the centerpiece of your entire offering, I think it's much easier because then people aren't gravitating mm. towards, you know, oh, I'm only doing this. You know, I mean, that's what UTMB was not branded to do, in a certain way. Yeah, UTMB trying to do that when it going like, oh yeah, to increase your chances of doing this race, you know, mm. it helps if you do one of our other ones in Oman or or, or wherever else it is. Um, but I think it's, I think you know, it's a. I just, I just, I just love the idea of someone out there doing stuff on the on on the multi-day thing, and and they're affordable mm. as well. That's the thing. Mm. I mean, that really is that really is great. Yeah, really, really good. Well, do guys, what do you think? Who's who's up for doing one in the future? Um, let us know. And if you enjoyed this episode, other episodes where we've talked about similar things in terms of race organisers, we've spoken to uh, Jim Jim me a couple of times about the rat race where yep. he's transferred from being a kind of urban obstacle race series or a, a puzzle urban race series so an obstacle race series into ultras into um multi day to all corners of the world we spoke to we spoke to jason from sussex trails didn't we yeah um, and candice burt as well um 200 mile 
they're single stage races, but still, you know, well, I suppose they're 200 mile races, but for, for many people, I imagine they're kind of in their head, they're multi-stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, uh, also we've got Centurion, uh, James Elfson. We spoke to him about putting on his races and how he kind of came, they came about. So lots of race organizers there. If there's anyone you'd like us to interview in the future or any topics you'd like us to discuss, then you can email me, David at, badboyrunning.com or you can slide into my dms <laughs> otherwise david will slide into yours you've got to get there first mm. <laughs> uh, if you want to join the discussion head over to the facebook group uh answer three questions and we'll let you in um please think hard about your favorite 90s reggae there's been some shocking answers recently and i tell you i tell you what answer is never acceptable i wasn't born in the 90s that is certain you're definitely not going to be let in if you leave that, that, that kind of remark um if you're watching this on youtube please leave a comment below and um about you know, what you what you want to do in terms of uh, multi-day races of any of the ultra x multi-day races that you would do or multi-day races that you think would be a good idea to do in the future do you know of any other tribes um, and make sure that you subscribe to get all the videos on the channel as well and please do uh, reviewers because that helps us get guests in the future well thanks listening guys and we will see you next time see you later bye 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 bye